You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Hey, what's up guys? It's John Lee here, also known as the Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode of the On The Rise podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Jigmi Love with us. She is the founder of Mine and Yours Co., and she is currently now heading the CBD drink company, Infused Beverages, um, and she is taking it by storm. So Jigmi, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to, nice to connect. <laughs> so a little bit of a backstory. Um, I actually met Jigmi a couple of months ago. Um, we actually connected uh, with another realtor, uh, Sidra. <laughs> um, and at that time, uh, you know, Sidra was kind of giving me some tips and advice um, on you know how I can become a more established realtor in my area and uh, Jigmi was was also there as well and and she was dropping a lot of knowledge bombs on how to build a personal brand and and the mindset that you have to succeed so um, it's it's great to, to be able to to you know connect with you again and have you on the podcast it's so great to connect with you again uh, I'm really proud of you it looks like you've been really busy since the last time I saw you yeah, <laughs> trying to keep busy. So Jigmi, um, do you want to give people like a quick introduction of who you are for those of those out there that don't know about you? Sure. Well, I currently live in LA, but I'm from Vancouver, like yourself, and that's where we met. And I guess I can officially call myself a serial entrepreneur. Or I'm, um, I built and sold a retail fashion brand called Mine and Yours. It's in Vancouver, and it's still thriving with my previous business partner, Courtney. And it's just wonderful to see that company continue to grow after I've passed it on. And now I'm in a, a CBD sparkling water startup based out of Los Angeles, California. And we're taking this new industry by storm or trying to given the current environment. Um, and it's just really exciting. It's exciting to grow. It's a different kind, it's a different kind of business model. Uh, it's about getting a lot of market share and you need to, you need a lot of capital to get this one started to be in beverage but it has a, a blue sky potential which I'm really really excited about and of course a bunch of risk that comes with that but um, I think I've just proven to myself that entrepreneur is who I want to be and I take all the risk that comes with it. That's absolutely amazing Jigmi and I, I do kind of want to take take me back to um, your, your upbringings and kind of you know how you kind of were growing up yeah, wow. Well, no one's ever asked me that <laughs> podcast before, but I'm glad you did. Um, I would, to be completely honest, it, it wasn't easy growing up. Um, I was a single child of a single mom, and it was a bit of a struggle. She was a teacher, so it's not like we were flush with cash, and I was by no means raised in an entrepreneurial environment. Um, a, an amazing woman, but she also struggled with men mental illness, so that was really difficult on both of us. Um, 
So I worked really, really hard in school because of that. I tried to make up for the deficiencies at home by being a really, really good student. And that served me well in terms of getting a scholarship that got me into university. And my, my God-given gifts were writing at the time. They still are. And I, I pursued a journalism degree. But because I knew nothing about the, the real world, um, I didn't know that journalism was a really tough profession. It's uh, People are really hard on you and you there isn't a lot of potential to make a good living. And a lot of the news media is controlled by other interests. And my, my only ambition was to tell the truth, <laughs> but sometimes that doesn't get told in journalism. So <laughs> it was a little bit disheartening. And my first job was an editor for the government of Canada. I moved to Ottawa. And as much as I loved the people I worked with, it, just the work environment was so stifling. I was in a cubicle. I was wearing pantyhose like that. I was working under fluorescent lights and it just felt like a prison and when I looked at the top of that organization the people had bags under their eyes and like no spark in their eye and it was just not appealing to me and I thought oh gosh this is not the path I want to be on so I started moonlighting I volunteered I organized documentary films I learned French and I just kind of went to seminars and immersed myself in other things outside of work and one day when I was 25 years old I stumbled upon a seminar filled with real estate investors, entrepreneurs and investors, and the energy in the room was just so electric. I had never seen anything like it before. And everyone was so excited and so collaborative and had so much energy and they had that spark in their eye and there was blue sky potential, you could, you could do anything. And that energy truly resonated with me and my soul. And I'll never forget that day because that was the day I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur like the people in that room. And the path towards becoming one was very long and convoluted because that's a big jump when you have no training and no education and no exposure to that mindset. You have to kind of rebuild your mindset and you have to position yourself financially and you have to learn a lot. So that kicked off a new journey where I started using the talent I had, which was writing, and I started writing for entrepreneurs. So I wrote um, like press releases, web copy, marketing plans, and it grew from there until I started writing business plans and I got myself a business education. And I did that for almost 10 years before I wrote my a business plan for myself, which was my clothing store. So that was the, the long journey towards becoming an entrepreneur. And, and like, it, it took me about 10 years to make the leap. And honestly, I, I just wish I did, I did it sooner because I'd be much more ahead. So if anyone out there is desiring to do it, I say just do it because life is short um, and learn, learn on the way up and on the way down and you, you'll just get there sooner, the sooner you take action. That's amazing, um, Jingmi. And, you know, growing up with a single mom, um, kind of what was the biggest lesson that you learned from your mother? Oh, she, she's just an incredible human being. Um, so selfless, so kind, uh, so sweet, so giving. Um, I learned so many good qualities from her, but then I also learned um, not what to do because on the other side of that, she was a little bit of you know, she, she kind of let the world push her around a bit. <laughs> um, and I don't blame her at all. But that but when you witness that, and it makes you feel sad inside, you're, you're, you kind of decide that that's, that's not going to happen to you. <laughs> so I also learned that from her as well. But um, just an incredible human being. And I'm so blessed to always have that kind of compassionate, sweet hippie side to me that I definitely got to, from her, in addition to this 
total opportunistic, capitalistic, uh, entrepreneurial side that is just kind of innate in me as well. So I'm, I'm blessed to have, you know, a conscience and a heart and a soul <laughs> that I got from my mother, and but boundless, boundless op optimism for opportunity and expansion in the entrepreneurial sense. And would you always say that you've always had the you, the positive energy because it, it you didn't really grow up with that um, but how did you align yourself with the positive energy i believe that individuals are born into their lives with certain themes threads throughout their life um, that are their kind of soul contracts to learn and to master and they're usually like a, a a dark and light combo. So one would one that I definitely experienced was depression versus joy. And for the first part of my life, I, I was depressed and I was sad and I was living kind of in under a dark cloud. And that was one of my soul contracts, which I've I've gratefully mastered. And I'm definitely <laughs> on the other side of that. Another one would be scarcity versus abundance and being raised you know, on a limited budget, always worried about, you know, running out of money at the end of the month. Like I was raised on craft dinner and ramen <laughs> and like, and not allowed to really have anything else. Um, so I definitely had a bit of scarcity versus abundance issues. And I've recently overcome that soul contract just I would say within the last two years, uh, the joy versus depression came a, a lot sooner. I would say that would that would be around ten years ago, and the, the the lessons go on and on, and everyone has them. Like if it's like loneliness or different kind of themes in your life that you, you get to conquer on your hero's journey. So no, I was definitely not born abundant and happy. <laughs> I, I grew into it. And I hope that that encourages anyone listening who, who might be facing their own demons to slay. That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, and I guess the, the, the next logical question would be, you know, what, what are some advice that you could give people that are kind of on the journey to, to slaying their demons and trying to overcome uh, all this negative energy that's holding them back, that's stopping them from achieving success and, and really getting themselves to the next level, uh, but in the sense of having more fulfillment and being more happy. Yeah, that's a, your questions are amazing. Uh, I would say the biggest, the, the first step is acknowledging it, being like, like isolating and identifying what your demon or your issue is and um, leaning into it really. Uh, one thing that I was guilty of was just avoiding it at all costs because it didn't feel good. <laughs> but when you kind of look under the bed at the proverbial monster, you realize it's not so bad and it might not even be there. Um, and you can kind of examine where did I first learn this messaging? Like, is this, is this even my own? Did I pick this up in childhood? Is this from society? Is this ancestral? Did I inherit this energy? Um, and really leaning into it and examining it and just like the more you lean into it the, the the less it gets like just to not be afraid to really really look at it and to do what it takes to heal and there's so much information out there once you decide to make that healing journey the universe will present present you with 
with either people or literature or solutions or techniques to, to help you do so. That's powerful. And do you, do you believe that, that the universe has set its own path for everyone on, on the earth? Like everyone's kind of on their own journey to, to find out uh, their true calling. I believe that the universe has the overarching theme set, set for you, um, uh, but you have fate in your hands to make the decision of how you're gonna get there. So you start at the bottom of the mountain, the universe wants you to go to the top. There's a million different routes that you can traverse up that mountain and it's up to you um, which route you wanna take, how fast you wanna go. <laughs> if you wanna go kind of slip back a little bit and go sideways, that's up to you too. Um, but you're always on the right path wherever you are. And I do think like the, the destiny is those themes. So it's like my, it's my destiny to overcome scarcity and rise into abundance. It's my destiny to overcome depression and be extremely joyful. But the route in which I go there and the lessons I learn the way are kind of up to me and my own free will and my choices. Understood. Wow. That, that's a lot of amazing and powerful information there. Um, and Jigmeet, you growing up in an environment where you were so focused on performing well in school to kind of make up for um, your shortcomings per se um, at home or, or that you felt inside, um, how were you able to transition from focusing, you know, the, the kind of like climbing up the corporate ladder to like switching gears into entrepreneurship? Because I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the corporate world, like they're not happy, they, they don't feel fulfilled, but they don't feel like there's a way out, right? So it's it's, it's right. that race per se. Yes, and and I definitely struggled with that as well, and that's kind of why it took me so long. Like I, I, I basically started moonlighting. I started freelance writing at the same time as having a full-time job until that freelance writing was enough for me to quit my job. So like that's the safe way, and that's probably <laughs> the way I would recommend but there's something to be said for just making the leap. Like obviously be smart about it, have, have a little bit of runway, like have at least three months runway. That's even a short, short amount um, and think it through and have a plan. But you just, at some point you just have to jump. And I would say, I would honestly say do it as soon as you can, because in that you're signifying to that, like this is spiritual, but you're signifying to the universe that you're willing to jump off a cliff and the universe tends to always catch you. I think, in fact, I would go so far as to say it does. It, it, it says duly noted, like you're a badass and it kind of rewards you. Um, every time, if you look within your own life that you've made a bold move, and and put the action behind it usually there's some instant magic that you get from it and and so i so i would recommend it but obviously we're, we live in a practical world that requires you know food shelter and money so so have a plan for that but at i, I would say take the leap um, as soon as you're humanly ready to do so and did you start by uh, doing the side hustle and also uh, attending seminars to kind of change your mindset? Did that kind of happen yes. spontaneously kind of 
together or I started reading like crazy there weren't podcasts at that time but I would definitely recommend that now to people that who you surround your like I learned that thing about the people on your bus the you are the equivalent of the five people you spend the most time with and the five people I spend the most time with at the time were all em employees um, of organizations and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but you're going to absorb that mindset if that if that's who you're surrounding yourself with and if people and people reach out to me on Instagram they're like how do I surround myself with with these types of people I'm like follow their content they're giving it out they're giving it out in spades and in so much wealth like listen to their podcast spend an hour walking around with a brilliant mind in your ear or an audiobook and you'll absorb and learn so much so much more than that like you don't need to go physically seek out a mentor and spend time with them there's so many ways to consume good positive really resourceful information out there right now so I would start with that by like you know getting your mindset and your energy up to speed with this new way of life you want to pursue and then when you're in that energy the ideas will start to flow to you and and just kind of be receptive to that and um and then kind of and then come up with a plan but first yeah definitely if, if you're just like sick of your corporate job and you want to take the leap and you don't have any idea what to do i would just start by like i love like listening to the story of uber or airbnb and how they did it and it just kind of gets your energy up and gets your brain kind of thinking of opportunities for yourself and right now given the current environment more millionaires and opportunities and new innovative businesses than ever before are going to come out of this because in times of great chaos and change and money exchange comes innovation and that could be that could be coming from the, the next person that decides to go out there and, and start something that's amazing, Jigme. And, you know, from some immersing yourself in books and joining seminars and really just taking action started with your side hustle from then on, it took you about 10 years. But in that time, like when, when the t 10 year deadline came up, like, did you feel pressure to start your business or was it more like I'm ready? Like it felt right that let's jump into it. And, and not like I, I did quit, I quit my job and I became self-employed. So there's a like, you know, there's a difference. There's employee, there's self-employed as a freelancer, and then there's entrepreneur where you own a business. Mm. Uh, and so that what that took me 10 years. But within a sh very short amount of time, I would say a year after getting the idea, I, I did quit my job and I became self-employed. But I was just, you know, freelance earning money and surrounding myself with entrepreneurs and traveling around um, and doing it that way. So I did I did take the leap sooner than 10 years, but it wasn't until like I had a like until 10 years later that I had a full business with employees and brick and mortar and like business systems and all that stuff. And that's, that's a big learning curve. So it, it's, it's not unreasonable to, to take a little time to get, to get to that place. And, and I feel like that that's really important because nowadays it almost feels like people want the results so instant. I mean, Instagram is full of entrepreneurs highlight reels and they, they flash the whips and the lifestyle, but they don't show the, the time that, that, and, and dedication and all the hard work and, and all the difficult times that they went through to, to achieve success. I, I hated that when I was first getting started, I was like, can people just be honest about this? <laughs> Cause you will 
you know, you will go through dark nights of the soul. It is, it's like ripping off your skin. <laughs> it's so scary. It's not for the faint of heart. It's so worth it, but I fully understand and I'm never going to lie about how hard it is um, financially. Like you're going, if, especially if you're used to the golden handcuffs, you're going to have some lean years before, you know, it starts to pay off. But when it pays off, it's, it's a lifetime of payoff and abundance. So it's kind of, it's kind of worth it. And, and how do you keep yourself going in those tough times when, you know, I'm sure there, there would be a million reasons why you could have easily have given up at that point instead of pushing forward. My personal strategy, and this isn't for everyone is to be accountable to people. So if that's just to be accountable to, you know, jump off a cliff by saying publicly, I'm going to do something on my social media or to my friends, like that's holding me accountable. Um, having an employee holds me accountable because I need to do it for them. Having a business partner holds me accountable because I need to do it for them. I need to show up for them. Having shareholders or investors or a bank loan keeps me accountable. So it, when, when I'm, I can't, if it was just me, you know, maybe I'd let myself off the hook. And that's just me and I'm not like ad advising that this is a good mind frame, but what personally works for me is by being accountable to other human beings to be successful, it keeps me going because then I, because I, I refuse to let anyone down. Absolutely. And so once you had mine and yours co, um, how did you scale that business and, and grow it to, to what it's become? So that was just bit by bit, customer by customer, day by day. And that was, that was definitely, um, I guess what they, they would call a lifestyle business. So it grew organically and, and it's, it's very, very healthy at this stage. Um, but it's, it's, it's very gradual. It's very incremental. And it's just by showing up and learning and growing every, every day and learning from your mistakes and, and just growing. Yeah. But one thing I, I will say is like, I kind of like have this dream of just having a big global empire and that specific business, it, it was luxury fashion. Everything was one of a kind. So it was kind of hard to massively scale. So I would say that was more healthy, good paced, good, good organic growth, like year on year, really healthy growth numbers. Um, Right now, what I'm attempting to do <laughs> is to have a global beverage brand um, of like that will change the way people consume their health and wellness products. And it's at the forefront of, of cannabis CBD, um, that industry. So that like this represents so much huge potential, like in the millions and the billions. And, you know, it may not work, but I'm going to do my very darkest to ensure that it does. And there's just, it's a whole other, there's so many other elements just in terms of like raising money. We're going to go public eventually. It's just a different kind of business, but the same principles apply. And for people that don't know too much about CBD or the cannabis, um, you know, essentially, could you give us like a quick idea of kind of what this beverage entails? Well, our specific beverage, it's called Infused Thirst. 
and it's a zero sugar, zero calorie CBD infused sparkling water. So it just, it tastes like La Croix, but it has mm. CBD in it. And CBD is the non-psychoactive healing molecule in the hemp plant. So it comes from hemp and it's still in its infancy in terms of industry and regulatory approval. So you can't make too many health claims, but anecdotally people love it for anxiety, better sleep, reduced pain, reduced inflammation, and just an overall sense of well-being. Wow, that's amazing. And when you had to decide between making the jump between mine and yours and then really focusing and then jumping into um, infused, what was your mindset? Was it just, I want to be able to take over the world? Was that that ambition that kind of geared you towards, shifted you uh, towards working on this? Um, or was this transition gradual as well? It was pretty, um, it was a little bit of, of wanting something bigger, but I will say that this was a, a spiritual thing. I, literally, I, I had no, I had, I had intended to grow that business for 20 years. And I was literally on a yoga mat one day and a voice just told me to sell it. And I, and I argued with that voice for a couple weeks, but it was so strong. It was just, it was just a very clear message that um, I needed to move on. And I, and I would have never personally predicted that to ever happen because I truly, truly, truly loved everything about that business too. Um, but I'm very, very happy living in California, building this brand. Um, we're expanding in, we're looking at expanding into Europe and other countries and raising more capital. We've raised around $3 million and we're going into our second financing round. And right now it's just a crazy environment given all the, the current <laughs> economic situation, but we're lucky to still be in business because we supply grocery stores. So we're still growing and we're still building and going forward and expanding even in the midst of this chaos right now that we're in. So it, it's all, it all seems like it's working out, knock on wood. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to keep going and, and I'm really, really excited by, by the potential of it all. That's amazing. And, and I do want to talk, talk a little bit about your spiritual journey, but before we do that, uh, you know, for, it seems like this, this pandemic that's going on right now is definitely impacting a lot of people and businesses as well. And, you know, people are probably freaking out, um, from your point of view, you know, how should a business kind of keep themselves throughout these turbulent times so they can come out, you know, and, and really be at the forefront of their industry when this is all said and done. I will say some businesses have to close obviously because they're required to, or because in the current environment, they can't continue such as, um, you know, events-based businesses or concerts or things like that. But I'm seeing so much pivoting and innovation and just the, the essence of the human spirit and the entrepreneurial spirit thriving and pivoting and convalescing in the midst of all this. And that really, really inspires me. And I will say during this time, I think it's still possible for everyone to have their 2020 vision board and all their goals still come true this year. But during this time in the midst of the pandemic, I would say the key two things are to survive and to serve. So do whatever you need to do to keep your business running, to keep the lights on, 
and to keep yourself in a really, really good place. So you need to, if you're a business owner and you're in charge of people, the number one is you, your own physical and mental health <laughs> and spiritual health, because you need to make decisions that affect other people, like your customers and your stakeholders, and you need to make those decisions from a good balanced state and not a state of panic or fear. So number one, every day I can even show you, I have a little personal dashboard where I'm like, I need to do these certain things just to keep myself balanced and in check. And I just check them off on a whiteboard every day. So like, did I have my vitamins? Did I meditate? Did I stretch? Like I take the first two hours of the day for me, I get up early and I just invest in myself so I can go and serve my company and my community in the best way possible. So survive, uh, in your business and serve your community because right now if you are even in a state to in like an, in a fortunate enough position to be able to have a roof over your head and keep your business running then I feel like you owe it to the community to get out there and serve so the ways in which I'm serving is all the cases of Infuse that were going to go to Coachella and all the trade shows that I was going to go to are now going to frontline healthcare workers. And in addition to that, I'm partnering with local businesses and local restaurants that are making meals for the frontline healthcare workers so I can put a can of Infuse with each of their gourmet meals that they're delivering to the frontline healthcare workers at the hospital. Now, what that does is it serves the community, it's showing good corporate citizenship, but I'm also building these incredibly <laughs> valuable high contact relationships with every fine local restaurant owner right now in the middle mm. of this pandemic and I'm you know I would guess that something good business-wise will come out of that on the other side of this so it, it's it's kind of a win-win str strategically for business and also just to serve the community and then another way I'm serving the community is because as you know I'm quite spiritual I've partnered with my shaman just to organize weekly weekly energy recalibration sessions for business owners um, like us that need to be in a good energetic space in order to make the best decisions for their employees for the communities and for for the world really so the key things right now i would say are survive and serve that's amazing and you know just you gave a couple of great examples of what you're doing as a business to really pivot and, and your entrepreneur spirits are coming out and to, to better serve your community um, in all different aspects uh tell me a little bit more about your spiritual journey have you always been a spiritual person growing up did you kind of stumble into it um and impact that it, it has in your life yeah, I think I would go back to saying the whole thing about depression versus joy. My depression got so bad that I couldn't get out of bed for weeks. And this and this is funny because this was back in 2012 when there happened to be a global like the, every every spiritual person knows what happened in 2012 and there was a mass up leveling and a, of consciousness and a mass awakening mm. and that's happening again right now in 2020 and back then i was one of those people that was not awake and my depression was so bad that i had like i had seen doctors everything i tried everything and then i tried 
I'm, I was desperate and I tried acupuncture and Reiki and then something shifted. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that was the only thing that kind of worked like, like shifting my energy channels. Maybe this is, maybe this is different than like mental or physical. Maybe this is an energetic sickness. And so then I started researching it and then slowly, actually pretty quickly, um, I was able to heal by leaning into spiritual practices. And now in 2020, a lot of us who kind of had that awakening in 2012 are now able to totally be like, hey guys, it's all good, we're here. <laughs> this is a good thing. And, and to be of service, much in the way that I'm, I'm doing these energy sessions for entrepreneurs, but there are a lot of people where this is going to be their dark night of the soul. And there are a lot of elements that are coming into place, like scaring people with impending death and the biggest depression since the actual depression those are pretty good triggers to you know smack people into a rock bottom which will wake them up which is what happened to me so my spiritual journey started eight years ago when when that when the last mass awakening happened and and a lot of people will go through the same thing which which is exciting it, it it's terrible like it feels terrible but there's so much growth on the other side of it so i'm very excited by it and, and what are some things that, that people can do kind of, especially right now, given the circumstances um, to, to really explore the side of them and, and really find out, you know, where they're at spiritually? Well, for, for those who, who know nothing about it and are waking up, it's for like, it is, it is sometimes the universe goes tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. And sometimes it punches you in the face and then sometimes it knee kicks you in the stomach. That's what this is. <laughs> so it is forcing you to face your darkness. It's forcing you to sit in it. You're not allowed to leave your house. All you can do is face your darkness in your soul. <laughs> so they, they're forced to face it. And then in through facing it, they'll begin to heal. And like I said before, once you decide to heal, the answers will show up in the way that's best for you. So for some people, maybe it's through movement. Some, some people it's through meditation or some people it's like through learning quantum physics or what's actually going on or like that there's more than meets the eye in, in the spiritual realms. Like whatever speaks to you and will bring you through to the other side is what will show up for you once you decide that that's what you want to do for yourself. That's amazing. So it almost seems like there's so much positive um, and, and upside potential that could come out of this pandemic that's going on. And all you see is abundance. There's a lot of opportunity out there for entrepreneurs. Um, there's a lot of awakening that will be happening from hitting rock bottom and <laughs> need in the stomach. So, yeah. <laughs> and I would say another thing to look, I, I just learned this term about a year and a half ago, but shadow work to really play to lean into the darkness and learn where it comes from and, and heal that shadow because every the whole entire world is meeting its shadow right now. So the universe wants us to meet it and heal it. And then so much growth and abundance and creation and resonance will come out on the other side. That's amazing, Jigmi. Um, and I, I do want to dive into a little bit more about um, Infuse. You guys were able to get into the... the the, the treat bag for for the oscars yes that actually came from a friend of mine from vancouver she has an amazing an amazing marketing agency called brand apiary and every year different marketing agencies compete for the best oscar or award show exposure uh, opportunity and this year she happened to win the best one which was the hand delivered 
duffel bags that go to the nominees like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Scarlett Johansson, George Clooney. Like it was just a dream come true to imagine these people drinking infused. Um, and it, so that came through a personal connection and, and an opportunity. And then um, obviously I pounced on that. <laughs> and, and it was one of our last opportunities to, to do a big event or an award show, which we didn't know at the time, but we're very fortunate to, uh, to have gotten that. That's amazing. And when, when one do, doesn't really have any skills or assets or, you know, they're just trying to figure out their life, how can they really surround themselves with um, the right people and connect with a lot of amazing individuals, kind of like yourself, like, you know, you've been able to surround yourself with so many amazing friends uh, or business partners that, that came out of that. But when you're starting off and you really don't have a lot of things going on, like how can you build these connections and, and relationships? Well, two, I have two answers. One is everyone has God given gifts and skills and assets. And if you're here on this planet, you are here to shine your unique divine gifts. So one is to look within and figure out what those are. And I'm not just saying skills, but just your your unique gifts that make you who you are like be it if you're parental like if you're curious or if you're joyful or if you're energetic or if you're resourceful or if you're scrappy like what are your your innate traits that are just resonant in your soul maybe that's going to be the type of business person you are so look within and have really good self-knowledge and then know where you're lacking um for example i'm like i'm more of a visionary than uh, I'm like a micromanager. Like I have a big vision and I can get everyone excited about it and I can steer the ship in that direction, but I'm not going to go down into steerage and make sure everyone's doing their cog and machine stuff <laughs> perfectly. Cause I'm just not a, a micromanaging task manager, detail oriented person, but I'm a big, big thinker. And there's a, there's a place for everyone on that ship. And so to figure out what your natural talents are and then to find people that can complement that. So then you'd want to partner with people that have skills and, and uh, propensities that you don't have. So that's one. And then the other would just to go, like if you, if you just know you have the spark, but you don't know what you're gonna do, again, just be open, get excited. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, when you're in that open space, that's when the ideas will come to you and just, Right now is a great time to, you know, like to either stay home or, or go for walks in nature and listen to great audiobooks and podcasts about people who've done it. Um, one that I listened to with for a couple of years was Entrepreneur on Fire. John Lee John, Dumas. John Lee Dumas. The reason I like that one is because he does it, he has the same questions for every single person and he does it within 30 minutes. And then you can just see a whole array of what different really successful, resourceful people have done um, with, with opportunity and what they've created for themselves. And, and it just, it gets to the point really, really quickly. So I would just consume like five of those a day and just be inspired by it and be energized by it and just do that on a walk with my dog. And you, you get lots of ideas and like it's, you, there's no right answers. Like I said, you're gonna go to the top of the mountain. There's many ways up to, to get there and you, you pick the routes and the tactics that are, are best for you. And when you were starting your journey on Infuse Brand and really taking, taking this off, uh, how did you get people pumped up 
uh, about the idea and, and have them on board with you to, to, to really drive this company to, to where it's, it's, it's going? Well, people are naturally pumped up about a brand new industry. So it's, it's going to attract those types of people, like this pretty risky, pretty brave, pretty trailblazing type people. So, you know, the, the venture capitalists, uh, the creatives, um, the retailers and the consumers. And, and right here in my, I'm, I live in Venice Beach, California. So it is, this is the hotbed for CBD. Like everyone knows what it is. So this is almost like a birthplace for it. Everyone's so excited. Uh, it's an, it's a new, new molecule. It's just became legal. It's a new industry. It's the ground floor. It's like them lifting prohibition and you know, we're making champagne. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all about that new, new. So, so it's not, that's not hard to get people excited because it attracts anything new and a brand new opportunity in a brand new industry on the ground floor is exciting to people. Um, and then, you know, I've, I kind of have a natural exciting energy. <laughs> so, so if I, I, and that's one of my God-given talents, if I'm excited about something, I can, you know, sh it, it, it share that excitement with people pretty easily. And, and that's just one of my gifts, but uh, it's not, it's not hard with CBD. And initially, did you have this idea kind of while you least expected it, were you kind of on a walk, the voice knock? on your it, head or it was opportunity like first the voice said sell your company and I screamed why and then everyone else I spoke to said don't do it it's just getting good now and I'm like I know but it, it was just I just have to follow that guidance and I did and I actually didn't know what I was going to do next and it was so scary because mine and yours was part of my identity and like I really didn't know what I was going to do next um and so there was a little bit of like quiet and darkness and it was in the winter. And, and then, um, you know, I got a call <laughs> from, from a venture capitalist that knew me and said that he wanted to put together a team and some money. And um, our, we, we kind of all got together as a small startup team and did it together. That's absolutely amazing, Jigme. And, you know, what are your future goals with, with IBD? I know you guys are, are um, with um, Infused Brand, you guys are expanding to different countries. Um, where do you see this company in about five years? Where, where, where do you want? Because you're a visionary. So where, where do you want yeah. to, to take this company? Well, I see this, this is a brand play and it's a distribution play. So right now, like we've grown into about 200 stores. We just got onto Amazon. Uh, we're relaunching on Shopify. We're going to be on walmart.com, wayfair.com. We're getting into mainstream stores. We just picked up a, I believe, 18 chain grocery chain on the East Coast. Um, and then all of our other stores are kind of independent gas stations and bodegas. But um, the, the plan is to just build the brand and the distribution channels. And if you study beverage exits, <laughs> they, they can exit for huge, huge multiples in a short amount of time. Like I have seen multi-billion dollar exits in a three to five year time horizon. So that would be my blue sky potential for this brand is to join with a larger brand like a Pepsi or a Coke or something. You know, much like Snapple or Coconut Water, the journey that those brands took. Got it. And, you know, from your point of view, um, it's, it's a distribution channel game for, for the beverage industry. Um, what's kind of 
the, the key to success there in terms of being able to be in so many places um, that, that you've had your success there? The key to success with that would be uh, elevate and delegate and leverage. Uh, when I started, I, I personally was, dry, was pushing a little wagon of infused around and walking into local shops and saying, hi, I'm Jigmy, this is my brand, and do, 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 like, here, take it, or just clearing a shelf and putting it on me saying, let's see how it goes. And, and I actually loved doing that, and I just did that on the weekend because I'm getting a bit stir-crazy. <laughs> um, but that's not, you're, you're never going to get into every store in America doing it that way. You elevate and you select key talented distributors in different regions of the country and the world. We're talking to people in England, we're talking to people in Germany, and you have them manage Europe or the UK or the East Coast or the West Coast. And then it goes down from there. So it's very much like elevate yourself and then assign and delegate duties and KPIs to the people under you. That's, that's, that's the only way you're going you're gonna to make it big. And so that's, that's the scalability. Got it, Jigmi. And uh, to end things off, you know, if you could do this all over again, knowing what you know now, you know, what would you tell your 25-year-old self? I would definitely tell her to not worry so much. <laughs> There's, um, the more you kind of trust and relax a little, uh, the, 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 the easier your life is, first of all, and the, the easier things flow to you. Um, worrying just doesn't accomplish anything, and I definitely was a stress case and a worrier back then. Um, and then further to that, I would, again, just to reiterate, I would say do it sooner as soon as you're humanly ready. And listen, I did it when I was, as, as soon as I was humanly ready and I had to get, get a side hustle, have that side hustle be enough for me to take the leap and then take the leap and then do that side hustle for, or do that freelance work for 10 years and then do it. And it was scary every single step of the way because I still had a lot of my own inner and soul healing to do. And I did that and I, and my timeline is perfect the way it was. But if I was humanly able to do it one year sooner or five years sooner, I would do it because that's how much further ahead I would be. But again, like I said, that mountain analogy, it's up to you how fast you go and everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and your journey is perfect the way it is. That's beautiful, Jigmi. Thank, thank you for sharing that analogy and to really give people some perspective of the amount of work and time that it takes for you to really build something, but also have an open mind and not to worry so much and that's how you really attract opportunities because the more concerned or worried or stressed you are, the less you're able to see these opportunities because you have exactly. so much going on. Exactly. So. And that goes back to the energy recalibration sessions that I'm offering uh, to people throughout the pandemic is to get you into that calm, relaxed, trusting place then you'll make the best decisions for you and your stakeholders and your employees and your future. Because if so many people are in scarcity and in fear right now, and they're just going to um, make those scarcity choices, scarcity based choices, which, which, which aren't, aren't the best. And if people uh, want to join you on, on your journey of uh, energy recalibration, uh, how can people find you and, and reach out to you? I think the best way is Instagram. 
<laughs> don't look at my TikTok. That has nothing to do with business. <laughs> <laughs> I love your TikToks, by the way. They're just brilliant. It's hilarious. <laughs> look at my Instagram because that's where I'll be sharing um, service offerings for the energy recalibration and for what's next with infused and all that stuff. And I always want, I will, I'm here to entertain. I'm here to uplift. I'm here to stay positive and I'm here to serve. So it, and my Instagram is at it's jiggy. And uh, how do you spell that? I T S J I G G Y. Got it. Got it. Okay, Jigmi. Well, you know, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you again for sharing your journey with us today. Uh, it's so inspirational and I, I love your energy. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I got from, from our talk today is just everything will be just fine. And this is a great opportunity for everyone to kind of double down on self-awareness, on tapping into their spirituality to to really thinking outside the box as to what business opportunities there are out there so you know if you're stuck at home and you feel lost like you know don't just sit on your couch and watch netflix all day really take advantage of this opportunity to to do something amazing i totally agree and i will add just one thing you do need to be easy on yourself right now because we do need to address the fact that this has never happened and this could be greater than the Great Depression. And this nothing, we've never seen anything like this. It's certainly in our lives and maybe not in our set this the past century. So as much as I'm keeping up with my personal KPIs, as much as I'm keeping my business going and as much as I'm being of service to my community, I'm also trying to be gentle on myself for when I am exhausted or when I am overwhelmed or when I am scared because this is scary. So the biggest thing is to not be hard on yourself, but to use this time to the best of your ability when, when you are inclined to do so. And, and, and if you feel overwhelmed or stressed, you would just take a break. Take it easy. Just take a break. It's okay. The universe wants us all to take a break right now. <laughs> she is forcing us. So it's okay to do that. <laughs> Love it, Jigmi. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. And thank you again for your time. Thank you. This has been amazing. I love what you're doing. Take care of yourself. I will. And you as well. We'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers. Cheers.